B'Shem Hashem Na'aseh V'Nasliach Welcome everyone to our Zerah Shimshon Shi'ur on Parashat Toledot Parashat Toledot in Bereshit Tonight we're going to be um, focusing on a couple of different um, uh, Mamars of the Zerah Shimshon Not on just one, a couple of interesting ones that I will bring down uh, Before we start, the Shi'ur should be is dedicated for the Rufu'a Shalem of Kol Cholam Yisrael Anyone that needs a Rufu'a Shalem Hashem should give him a Rufu'a Nefesh, Rufu'a Guf And also for that slacha of all the singles, they should merit the brachot of the Zerah Shimshon Bezrat Hashem to be able to build a bayit ne'eman Israel. And it is also dedicated for the Leilui Nishmat Sarah Bat Yehazgel. Okay. So the parsha this week, Toledot, is, is, is the parsha that starts off with the beginning of what we see today as the two main nations, if you can call it, of the world. I mean, this is where the divide started between the two, um, two sides of the coin. You had the Jewish nation and then the entire Edom Empire, which turned into Western civilization, starts from this parasha, parasha Toledot. The Esav fathered pretty much all of the Western world, uh, starting from the Greeks and the Romans and you know Amalekites, all of those till today is basically the remnants of Esav and Yaakov Avinu fathered all of Am Israel. This is this started the divide between two, two, two brothers. This week's parasha is where Yitzchak Avinu, Isaac, our forefather, wants to give a blessing to one of his sons. Now they were twins. With Esav being the older one by, I don't know, a minute, 30 seconds, two minutes, however long it was. Huh? Pretty much seconds. Right, right, seconds. I mean, some say, came out, came back in, you know. Uh, anyway. But Esav was the oldest, technically speaking. And um, Yitzchak Avinu, obviously, as tradition has it, you give the blessing to the older, you know, to the Bechor. The Bechor gets the blessing. We've had several classes, I've had several classes as to why Yitzchak Avinu wanted to give the blessing to Esav as the Bechor. Why he felt this is a good thing. There's several, several different Mepharshim that talk about it, several that go in depth. And there's a lot of uh, beautiful, beautiful drashot that are given just on this subject starting from before birth, as to why Yitzchak Avinu felt Esav deserved the brachot, and in some sense, he did deserve the brachot at one point, and so on and so forth. The Zerah Shimshon is going to focus on another part of the episode of these brachot, the episode of the blessings that Yitzchak Avinu wanted to give to Esav, <coughs> or Yaakov. <coughs> Let's see. And it, the parasha begins by telling us the timing as to when Yitzchak Avinu decided he wants to give these blessings and why. The when and why. It was when Isaac had become old. And his eyes had become dull from seeing. He couldn't see anymore. Vaikrat Esav Benoha Gadol, and he called Esav his older son, and he said to him, Beni, my son, and he says, Here I am, father. 
ויאמר יצחק אבינו says הנה נזקנתי לא ידעתי יום מותי behold he tells his son Esav that he is old now and he doesn't know when he's going to go meaning here Yitzchak Avinu is telling his son that he's old and he knows his time has come he's about to die and because he's about to die sana khalakha telyakha beqashtakha vesa'sada vesuda li sada said which is we read said <coughs> says go Take your hunting, um, what do you call it? No, like hunting arrows and your hunting stuff, so to speak. Your bow and arrow and your knives, whatever it is that you hunt with. Go and find me a, you know, catch me a catch. Find me a find. Go catch a uh, thing and bring it to me. And make me a soup. The way I like it. Bring it to me, I will eat it. So that I can bless you. Yitzchak Avinu says he wants to bless Esav before he dies. Now, the simple understanding of this pasuk is that Yitzchak Avinu noticed that he is about to die. <clears throat> Why? Because he was old. That's what the pasuk says. Because he was growing old. And he felt that he, his death is around the corner. And therefore, he wanted to bless his son before he passes away. However, there is a difficulty with this. <clears throat> because the Pasuk doesn't only mention that Yitzchak Avinu was growing old. It says clearly, Yitzchak Avinu was growing old because he was growing old and his eyes could no longer see. Therefore, he said he wants to bless his son. Now, you tell me, why, what does his eyes not being able to see have anything to do with the fact that he's old and he wants to bless his son? Have we ever thought about this? Be honest, everybody in this room. Ever thought like, later on, it has a significance because Yaakov Avinu comes in and because his father can't really see, he dresses up like Esav, yada yada yada. But here, why does Yitzchak Avinu himself use that as a reason for him to want to give the blessings to Esav. Just say, because he's old. What does it have to do with him not having the eyesight he used to have? Oh, that's a... Because you know the story, you're saying because Yaakov might come. But that's because we know the story of what happened. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't think that's... I don't think anybody brings that down. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long shot. Long shot. Why? Because Yaakov didn't want to come and steal the brachot. That only happened when Rivka Imenu came and told Yaakov to do it. You know what I mean? So, timing wouldn't match really. Right? Because that only happened after Yitzchak Avinu told Esav to go and, you know, he's going to bless. So, Claro on the question. Yes? Meditating over there. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Therefore, now, I'm going to bring you two Midrashim. I mean, not me. It's the Zarashim Shon that's going to bring two Midrashim. That both say something different. Midrash number one <clears throat> says, 
Why is it that Hashem caused Yitzchak Avinu to actually lose his eyesight? Right? One Midrash says as follows, His eyes could no longer see. Hashem made Yitzchak Avinu's eyes no longer be able to see. He made him kind of blind at the time. Why? Because Hashem did not want Yitzchak to see the evil of Esav. So much so, that the Midrash continues and says, because Yitzchak Avinu's son Esav had become wicked and he was doing so many wrong things, and here Yitzchak Avinu is going to go to the marketplace or go to where people are, the bazaar, People are going to see Yitzchak and they're going to be like, oh, you see this guy, he's, he's, he's Esav's father. Can you believe it? He's the father of this guy that's like, he was at the club last night. Right? The wicked Esav. Not saying people that go clubbing are wicked. Okay? Don't put words in my mouth. But he says, Hashem, so basically, so Hashem says what? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I don't want Yitzchak Avinu to be put in that position for him to be embarrassed, for people to look at him and say, oh look, he's the father of Esav. So he took away his eyesight, so he stays home. And he does, he's not in public so that people will embarrass him or he hears bad things or negative things about his own son and it hurts him. Because at the time it was inevitable, Esav had become wicked, period. There was nothing you could do about it. It had become a part of his destiny, so to speak. Even that is questionable, but that's for another time, right? So because of that, Hashem said, Yitzchak will be better off this way if he does not have his eyesight. That's one Midrash. So we have one answer as to why Yitzchak Avinu lost his eyesight, was because Hashem took it away to have mercy on him, not to be hurt by going out and hearing that Esav, or seeing what Esav has become. That's Midrash number one. Midrash number two says as follows, It says that Yitzchak Avinu prayed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as follows, and he said, He said to Hashem, Ribbono Shel Olam, Master of the Universe, if a person just dies just like that, and let's say he lives 120 years old, 125 years, and then he dies, and he goes up to heaven, his neshama, his soul is going to suffer a lot. Why? Because people make mistakes in life. He's made mistakes, he's done Averod, he has sinned, so the soul is going to suffer. And the suffering of the soul is much, much, much greater, chas v'shalom, than the suffering of the body. That is a given. The suffering of the soul is hundreds of times greater than the suffering of the body. So Yitzchak Avinu says, Hashem, why don't you give suffering for a person's sins in this life, so that they'll, they'll have the suffering here, so that when they go up to Shamaim after 120 years, the soul won't suffer. Why should the soul have to suffer for the mistakes that the person made on this life, in this world? So bring the Yisurim in this world. And what did he ask for specifically? He said, a person should get old and have Yisurim in their life. If a person gets old and has Yisurim, 
then when they go up there for judgment day, they at least went through some of their yusurim in this life, and they don't have to suffer there. Make a sense? Comprende? Tell you I'm learning. Teach me more. So in a sense, it was Yitzchak Avinu himself, according to this Midrash, it was Yitzchak Avinu himself who asked for his eyes, for, the, for what happened to his eyes. And what does Hashem say to Yitzchak Avinu? He says, Tov, in my eyes what you're asking is good. And you know what? I feel it's so good that it should start with you. That's what Hashem says to Yitzchak Avinu. That is when it was decreed for Yitzchak Avinu's eyesight to be lost. That was his Yisurim for his life. That was his hardship that was given to him by Hashem. And why? Why was Yitzchak Avinu's Yisurim, Davka, especially losing his eyesight? Because it says elsewhere, when Yitzchak Avinu was being taken by Abraham Avinu to the Akedah to be sacrificed for God, to become, you know, Akedat, the Akedat Yitzchak, the story of Akedat Yitzchak, the binding of Isaac, when he was about to be sacrificed, at that moment a lot was happening. Obviously the entire thing was a test. No, Hashem didn't really want Yitzchak Avinu to be, uh, to be sacrificed. Hashem didn't really want Abraham Avinu to sacrifice him. The whole thing was a test. But at the same time, because of Yitzchak Avinu. He was 37 years old. He wasn't a child. Because Yitzchak Avinu chose to go with it, to go along with it and be sacrificed by Hashem. And because Abraham Avinu chose to listen to Hashem and sacrifice his only son, who he was promised is going to be the leader of a great nation. Now he's going to sacrifice him. That opened up the gates of heaven. It was such a holy moment that all the gates of heaven opened up and the Shekhinah was actually there. Where there are Mepharshim that say, you want to turn off that heat by the way. So, yeah. There are Mepharshim that say that in fact, that was, you have to open it and just do it manually. That in fact, Yitzchak Avinu, that's good, that's good, that's good. That in fact Yitzchak Avinu's Neshama actually left his body for a moment went up and came back into his body in a different form. Now what that means to us, it's Chinese. At least for those that don't speak Chinese. Right? What does it mean? He body left and came back as a different one. But it did. That's why Yitzchak Avinu became known as Midat Gevura. Yitzchak Avinu was not, he wasn't like other human beings. You know, he was the pillar of Gvura. Gvura is awe. You know, when a person after 120 years, it says when a person after 120 years goes up to heaven and sees the Shekhinah, sees God's presence, what does he say? What does he do? Nothing. You can't. You're in so much awe, you can't talk. You can't, you can't, you can't function. Even if you could, it's just so powerful. Yitzchak Avinu had some of that measure in him. Why? Because he was so willing to give up his life for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem made it so that it was as if he actually did. And his neshama changed, his soul changed. However, while he was still here, 
when the Shekhinah was present, it says that Yitzchak Avinu looked at the Shekhinah. Looked from this world, he looked at the Shekhinah, he looked at God's presence, and you shouldn't do that. You should not look at God's presence directly. And because he did so, he needed a tikkun for that. He needed somehow to kind of get rid of that, so to speak, sin. And therefore, when Yitzchak Avinu himself asked Hashem, you know, a person leaves this world with no Yisurim, with no hardship, and then after 120 years, they go up there, they got all these things that the Neshama has to pay for. Why? Let the, let the body go through the Yisurim here, the hardship here, over there, it'll be fine. Hashem said, great, you asked well. We'll start with you. There was a problem with something that you did years ago, and I think now you could pay for it so that you'll be cleansed completely. And that's when Hashem decided that Yitzchak Avinu will lose his eyesight at an old age. And he lost his eyesight at an old age. So that's the second Midrash. So we had the first Midrash that said what? That Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah said Yitzchak Avinu lost his eyesight. Why? Because Hashem didn't want him to see the evil that Esav his son was doing and he didn't want him to go out and hear people talking about his evil son. So Hashem said, you know, better yet stay home so you won't be hurt and you won't see your son doing the things that he's done. Second Midrash said, no, Yitzchak Avinu actually asked for it himself. Which are both true. But what are we going to base our question on here? Our question was, <clears throat> why is it that Yitzchak Avinu, when he said to Esav, when he wants to bless him, he told him he wants to bless him because he feels that his time to go has come? His old age tells him that he's about to go? And because his eyesight is lost, he wants to bless Esav. Okay, tell him because you're old, you want to bless him because you feel like you're about to pass away. What does the eyesight have to do with it? That was our question. Zerash Mishon answers like this. When, well, can you add some hot water to this for me, please? <clears throat> when Yitzchak Avinu first became blind, he attributed it to what we said in the first Midrash. This is what the Zerah Shimshon says. It says, when he first went blind, he felt, we know there's a lot of Mepharshim, a, a, a lot of commentaries say, thank you, that you cannot say that Isaac did not know that Esav, his son, was evil. You can't say that he didn't know. Such a great person not knowing what his son is up to, he knew. According to this Midrash here, according to the Zerah Shimshon, it's like he knew, he had his doubts, he didn't know, might have changed, and we're going to go with that. So it says, when he first lost his eyesight, he felt, you know what? Hashem has done this to him. Why? Because his son has gone astray and he doesn't want him to see what his son is doing. So he's lost his eyesight, so he doesn't have to deal with it. That's what he first attributed it to. <clears throat> And therefore, at that time, Yitzchak Avinu felt Esav is definitely not worthy of receiving the bracha. He's not worthy of it. Because he's evil. 
Hashem has made Yitzchak evil, um, Yitzchak Avinu blind, so that he doesn't see his evil, therefore why should he bless him? He doesn't deserve it. Right? He wants to give the blessings that, that, that are going to reverberate throughout history to the son that deserves it. But then, at that same moment, he realized the timing that he went blind. The timing that he lost his eyesight was when, when he became old. And he felt he's going to die. So he said, you know what? That's not what it is. It's not Esav. It has nothing to do with Esav being wicked. It's what he's asked for himself from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's the Yisurim he asked for that he should receive at old age before he dies. Which each person should receive before they die. That's what he was asking for. Barminan. That each person that needs their sins to be erased should receive some Yisurim in this world so that they'll be cleansed in the next world. So when he realized that he's old and he's about to go, he said, oh, so the eyesight going has nothing to do with Esav being wicked. It's because he's old and he's about to die. Now there's one question that I had that I found Rashi answers. How do you know he's old and he's about to die? Do you know how old he was at the time that he was blessing his children? 123. 123. He was 123 years old. How old was Yitzchak Avinu when he actually died? 180. 180. He had a long way to go. Why did he feel that at 123 he's about to die so he felt he needs to bless his children? There was something miscalculated over here. Why did he feel that he's so old he's about to die when he wasn't? In fact, Yitzchak Avinu was alive when Yaakov's children were born and he was alive. <clears throat> so therefore, Rashi says that you know what happened? Chachamim tell us that a person, when they reach almost, when they almost reach the age of their um, parents, when the parents died, within five years before the time that the parent died, and five years after the time their parent died, they should be worried. That's what Chazal tell us. Parents so, or, or father? Parents. Exactly. So Yitzchak Avinu saw his mom died, his mother. When did Sarai Menu pass away? What age? 127 years old when Sarai Menu passed away. At age 123, it was five years before his mother passed away. So at that time, he was already feeling, okay, it's about to be time. Because he's gotten old, he lost his eyesight, this might be it, this must be it. Must be it. He's about to go. So it's got nothing to do with Asav, which was a miscalculation. He wasn't about to go. It was really due to Esav being wicked. But within that as well, he was receiving the Yisurim that he asked for as well. So through God's mercy, so to speak, he was receiving his hardship that he wanted. And also, it helped that he doesn't see what Esav has become. And that's how the Zerah Shimshon answers it. And says, this is why... Yitzchak Avinu mentions and he says to Yitzchak, to Esav, his son, he wants to give him a blessing. Why? Because he's old and he's lost his eyesight. Why mention the eyesight? 
Because he was adding the eyesight under the fact that he knows he's about to go. Why? Because he only asked God to give the hardship when you're about to go. So it must be that he's about to go because he got the, the hardship. Right? Yes, we know that Yitzchak Avinu asked Hashem <coughs> for aging. Before Yitzchak Avinu, Chazal tell us, Chazal tell us that before Yitzchak Avinu, people didn't age, right? Yitzchak Avinu and Avraham Avinu looked exactly the same. It was after Avraham Avinu prayed for this that the old age looks came in where you would look different, you would grow older, so that they could tell Avraham Avinu and Yitzchak Avinu apart. Before that, they looked so alike, they couldn't tell them apart. Right? And then Yitzchak Avinu came about, and he asked for these Yisurim, for hardships. Yaakov Avinu was the first person to ask for illness. Right? Yaakov Avinu was the first, we know, of in the Torah, that actually got sick bedridden before he passes away. Everybody else, if you see, it just, it just says they died. They reached this age and then died. The first person we hear that got sick and died is who? Yaakov Avinu. Because Yaakov Avinu prayed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he said, you know, and by the way, how did people die before, before Yaakov Avinu? Sneezing. By sneezing, right. So, Yaakov Avinu says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't work out that way because he's got 12 children, 13 children. Before he dies, he wants to know somehow that, so he can talk to them, bless them. You know, how is he? What's... So he asked for this sign, which was illness. That's why they came to Yosef HaTzadik and they said, what? Your father is sick. It's the first time you hear of the word sick, chole. Right? And everybody knew that he's sick because he's about to go. Right? Yitzchak Avinu was the one who asked for these Yisurim as we brought the Midrash. Now, along the same lines, as I said, we're going to go around. Ot Zayin, what we just did right now was in Ot Zayin also. The continuation of it, skipping a little here and there. <clears throat> On the same Pasuk, Vahiki Zaken Yitzchak Vadichena Ainav. When Isaac was, was, was old and his eyes had dimmed, he had lost his sight. And as we said that the Midrash brings that he asked for suffering, he asked for Yisurim. This is really important, that's why I wanted to share this separately. And Hashem answered Yitzchak Avinu that, okay, you asked for Yisurim, you asked for hardship, I shall start this with you. Right? And it started with him. So the Zerah Shimshon asks, why is it that we say that until Yitzchak Avinu there was no Yisurim? But we know that there was. We say that until Yitzchak Avinu there was no hardship. People didn't, people didn't get Yisurim, hardships in their lives. But we know that there was. Number one, like for instance, we just, we just, we just read about Sodom. Right? The entire place was destroyed and then Lot and his family had to move out and go to another place and all of that. Abraham Avinu 
from way before this story was already promised. Your children, your children are going to be wanderers, they're going to be gerim, they're going to be strangers in a strange land, place that's not theirs. There is no worse yisurim, there is no worse hardship than being thrown out of your land and being scattered all over the world. And Abraham Avinu was already promised that his children are going to be. So the concept... So the concept of Yisurim was very much present. So why is it that we're saying that until Yitzchak Avinu there was no hardship? When there was. Right? There was. Especially Yisurim of Galut. Those of us that are children of migrants or, or ourselves, we understand it. You know, uh, our parents had, had went through a lot of hardship to be able to Settle, learn a new language, and learn a business, learn another trade, and finally learn another one to see if it's going to work out. A lot of people had a very, very hard time. It's not easy. Why do you think there's so many people that still live in those countries that we look back at and we're like, how do they live there? Why do they still live there? Why do they? Because it's very hard to move out, and learn a new language, and risk everything, right? So here, the Yisurim of being Abraham Avinu's children being thrown into a different... That's, that's, that's hardship. So he gives two answers, the Zerah Shimshon. <clears throat> First answer he gives is a simple answer. He says, Yisurim, at an individual level, did not exist. Every Yisurim that we see in the Torah before Yitzchak Avinu was at a national level or a community level. Sodom was destroyed. You know, that was a national level, or nation of Sodom, right? You have Abraham Avinu being promised that all of his children are going to go to Galut. That's also on a national level. But a person to get Yisurim tailored to them, hardship tailored to them according to their problems and sins? No. Because at that time, people just were judged according to, as we said also in Parashat Vayera, people were judged according to where they were and what the people around them there, even the, even the innocent, you know, people could get hurt. Right, he got cursed. But at the time, really nothing happened yet. It was on a national level that his children, his nation are going to be, and that's what happened. You have a question? Yeah, Well, I wouldn't call those Yisurim. Nothing happened. He never had any physical. So you're saying Abraham had to leave his land. Right, 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 right. That's a very good question. Huh? Not in a dungeon. She wasn't in a dungeon. She was in the palace. Believe me. Huh? Right. So all these things are very, very valid questions. As to why it is so, I have one answer. I think. I think. As the Zerashim Shon says on a national level, right? I think because they were important on a national level, meaning they were the matriarchs and the patriarchs of an entire nation, it was different because they were not being tested for their own sins 
They weren't given Yisurim because they had Averot. They weren't given hardships because they had sins. They were being tested in order to see if they're the ones that are going to be capable to have the children to follow you know, their footsteps and accept the Torah later on. So it wasn't that they were giving, getting hardships as the Zerashim Shon is saying, Hashem would give hardships for the person's sins. They weren't getting those hardships for their sins. They had no sins. They were getting it on a test level, so to speak. You understand? That's number one. The answer number two is saying, until Yitzchak Avinu, <clears throat> HaKadosh Baruch Hu would give Yisurim, this answers that as well, would give Yisurim, but the Yisurim, the hardship that he would give, would be only as a reminder for the person to do Teshuvah, for the person to repent. It wouldn't, the Yisurim itself wasn't an entity that would actually help the person erase their sins on this world. You understand? Meaning the person would get hardship, but that doesn't mean anything would get erased from their account when they go up there. No. It would only get erased if they do teshuvah. If they would have hardship and they go, oh, this probably happened because yesterday my mom needed my help and I said no. So I do teshuvah. Sorry, mommy. I will help you next time. And then Hashem says, good boy. Right? That's how Yisurim worked before Yitzchak Avinu. Yitzchak Avinu said, no, why don't we do two birds with one stone? Give the Yisurim to cleanse the neshama here, so that when you go up there, even if the person does not do teshuvah, let the Yisurim be as if he's done teshuvah. Hardship should take the place of teshuvah, which was a great chidush from Yitzchak Avinu. And that we owe to Yitzchak Avinu. That's how it started with him. Why did I feel it was important to bring this point up? Because today's day and age, in our society, unfortunately, um, we should never... shalom. No one should ever have hardships. Hashem should, everyone's life should be benahat, with shalva, with happiness. Everything should be well. But today's day and age, in... In the regular secular world, the measurement for hardship or what they call quality of life is something that they decide or society has decided that they have the ruler or they have the measurements of what quality of life means. And because of that, there are a lot of people that have started questioning these things. Like the way hospitals handle older people. You have no idea what goes on in hospitals with older people. You have no idea. Rahman al-Aqslan, it is horrific, it's horrible. Once a person reaches a certain age, a lot of people there just look at them and like, why, why? Like I've had this, people have said this, nurses said this to me, doctors, why keep them alive? Why? And they're really coming from like, I don't know, why? Right? And I'm like thinking like, because they're alive. Like, I don't understand, like, but they look, but it's quality, quality of life. So my answer is, who made you the decision maker as to what quality of life is? And in fact, I want to tell you something. I read a story once, true story, about a, about a, um, a 16-year-old boy that had gotten into a car accident. 
very bad. I think it was 16 or 14, if I'm not mistaken. Should never run of these things. Into a very, very bad car accident. He was in a coma for weeks. And so the doctors had a meeting as to, you know, the decisions. They had gone through a few surgeries. Nothing had helped, you know. So they sat around this table and the doctors started talking and they all were going towards one side as to, you know, look, with everything that they've done for this boy, even if he makes it out of a coma, he'll never walk. He'll never be the same. They don't even know if he'll ever be able to communicate, so he'll never even have a quality of life. So why keep him alive? Let's just unplug him and end his suffering. Right? They don't want him to suffer anymore. There was one doctor there who was from, who was a religious Jew. And he looks at the other doctors and he says, you know, he says, they were all friends. He says, allow me to be very, very open with all of you because we all know each other. And he starts talking about each and every doctor in that room. He says, you, just two days ago, you were crying to me because your wife cheated on you and you, 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 you hate life and yada, yada, yada. And she wants to take half of the... Now she wants to take half of everything that you own and you don't know what you're going to do with your life. And you, you said that you're, this happened to you and that happened to you. Your life is a mess because of the lawsuits that are coming to you. It goes on and on and on. He says, if you, tell, if you ask me, would you like me to make the decision of what kind of quality of life you guys are having? You're a mess every single day. You can't sleep. Do you call that quality of life? Would you like someone to make the decision and say, you know what? With the way your wife treated you and the way the amount of money you're going to be losing and the license that you're going to be losing, what? <laughs> you have nothing to live for. Why are you alive now? Would you give me the opportunity to put you out of your misery? So, and the odd doctors had nothing to say. So he says, Who are we to sit around this room and decide if a boy lives or dies? Because we feel they're not going to have a quality of life. Maybe if he was alive, we could ask him, okay, but you're, you're making the decision as to a, 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 whether a young person gets to live or die. Make the story short, so they vote not to unplug because of this doctor. Two days later, the kid comes out of a coma. He walks out of the hospital a few weeks later. Not on a wheelchair, he walks out. And they were trying to make the decision as to whether he's going to have a quality of life when he wakes up. If ever he wakes up. Another story I'll tell you, since you're here anyway, you got nowhere else to be. Was a doctor in... I think this happened in Israel. Was a secular doctor... And it was an older gentleman, he was, he was old, grandpa. And they had done so many different procedures on the person, so he finally comes to the family, and he convinces the family to just let him be and just cut it off, you know? Put him out of his misery. So it's not, you know, it's not, it's not okay. Even though according to Jewish law, it's not allowed in most cases. Not allowed to do it. And they do. This doctor, where I re- I forget where I read this. If it was a, um, it was his his own testimony that he gave, because he had become religious after this story. He became completely from. What happened was, 
after they unplug this older gentleman, he has a dream. That person comes to him in a dream. And he says, why did you do that to me? I was begging you. You guys couldn't hear, but I, I could hear you. As you were making this decision, I could hear you. I was begging you. I was begging you. I literally had a couple of more days left. And that was it. I would have been free. You ruined everything. I have to go through all of it again. And he wakes up. Right? Things, ah, whatever. Just because of the decision he made or not. Still has a conscience, I guess. The next night he goes to sleep. For three nights in a row he has the same exact dream. The same exact person. Until he decides he wants to go talk to a rabbi. He goes and talks to a rabbi and the rabbi tells him, yeah, this is what you did. And he tells him. He says, when a neshama comes in this world, the neshama itself, the soul itself asks for Hashem to have mercy on it. Rahman al we should never know. that after, you know, when it's time for the neshama to have some yisurim here, some hardship here, so that it'll finalize everything on this earth so it doesn't have to come back again. So that it'll be finished, it will be cleansed completely and find its rightful place in Shamayim. And that could be sometimes, unfortunately, in a very, very bad situation where other people around will also suffer seeing it. But that neshama needs to go through the time that it needs to go here. It's literally, it's counted by the minute, by the second. No one knows the time that they're supposed to go. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows it by a millisecond. Not one person should end life here any shorter than they should. So the rabbi tells him this stuff. And little by little, he does teshuvah. And he, he starts even going to the hospital with a kippah, which was something that none of his peers liked. You know, he wasn't the kind of person. This is what the Zerashim Shon is talking about. And this is unfortunately something that's become rampant in our communities, in hospitals, everywhere, where they see someone, according to them, suffering or whatever it is, or even, even truly suffering, they usually opt to just unplug, pull it, that's it, end it. And it's something that we really have to watch out for. Everybody's got grandparents. It's something that we have. I've had people that had grandparents, parents in the hospital, and I tell them, don't leave that room. Don't let anybody make any decisions. Say, I want a second opinion, I want a third opinion. I've had people live seven, eight months after doctors said, let them go. Don't do this procedure, it'll put them through more pain, forget about it. And then they do this procedure, and they live for another year with their family. Right? It's not so easy. Life in Judaism for Am Yisrael is precious every second of it. Even if those seconds might be sometimes harder than others, but that's precious because that is what Yitzchak Avinu asked for. It was a blessing. He was asking that the neshama shouldn't suffer because the neshama suffers even more than the body would. We should never ever, no one should ever know of suffering should have a blessed life I only thought it was important to talk about this was because I see it happening a lot in our communities I see it happening a lot in today's society and it's something that I feel people have to be informed about so that we know 
Sometimes very, very hard decisions need to be made. And you should know that there are people that can help a person make those decisions. You should never know of it. You should never be stuck in these situations. Amen amen. But it's, it's good to know. Baruch Adonai Amen ve Amen.